Sound On, Power On, your power electronics podcast, powered by PCIM Europe. Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of Sound On, Power On, your power electronics podcast powered by PCIM Europe. My name is Marco Jung. I'm a professor for e-mobility and electrical infrastructure at the Bonn-Rhein-Sieg University of Applied Science at St. Augustine as well as the Head of Department Converter and Drive Technology at the Fraunhofer Institute for Energy Economics and Energy System Technology at Kassel. For your information, both are located in Germany. And today in our first podcast, um, our technical theme is the future trends in power electronics. And this I will discuss with Professor Frede Blabjörg from the Aalborg University, Frede has been a full professor of power electronics and drive since 1998. He went through various positions in industry, university, and at IEEE. Hi, Frede. Very warm. Welcome from my side. How are you? Hi, Marco. Yeah, I, I think I'm fine. Frede, in your CV, I have seen you have done really uh, hard stuff. You have published more than 600 journals. And for me, it's really interesting. And I think for our... Uh, people who are hearing this podcast, um, which publication is for you the important in your life? What you have done or which content is still this publication? A good question. Uh, well, I think the the number of publications is, is, let's say, a result of uh, years of collaboration with many uh, researchers, both here at Olba, but also around the world and, and as well as industry, because we work a lot together with industry, like you also do in uh, Germany. But if I should uh, highlight my main uh, contributions in terms of uh, research and innovation, I would say this is the uh, integration of uh, renewable, the interface uh, to the uh, renewable and We have uh, some publications where we have come up with uh, methods to uh, synchronize and operate in, into the grid system, which I can see is uh, applied a lot, both in, uh, in, in universities, but, but also in industry uh, today, and is, is the platform for, uh, let's say, the integration of uh, renewables. Oh, this sounds really great. I have uh, done several publications and yeah the last 10 years research too in this field uh, with power electronics for photovoltaics and so on but uh, what technology innovation um, you have done in the, in the recent years uh, made the most impact on your life on my life i would not say my publication make uh, a such impact on life but For me, it's uh, I, I have had for 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 my career the uh, the principle that the things I do with people, if it is not disclosed by our collaborating uh, partners, uh, I would uh, prefer to publish. So so that means it's uh, achievable for for the for the whole world, and this is uh, seen from my perspective, my contribution to. Yeah, to, ex to be a part of the use of uh, the technology. So I would say uh, when I see uh, solutions uh, which can be used or methods which can be used uh, to make the uh, power electronics technology and application uh, more smart, more cheap, yeah, more, more easy to apply, then I think I, f I feel happy with the contribution. Mm -hmm. Cool, that sounds really nice. So I think let us go a little bit forward um, to our content 
from today's talk. And I think um, we have many big drivers in power electronics, yeah, seen in the last 20 years, let's say. So not only climate change and the finiteness of fossil fuels are mm. still drivers for power electronics, I think a lot of other topics and that we will discuss a little bit um, in the further, let's say, uh, minutes. Mm. So, and a decentralized power generation. Yeah. Mm. So it means PV and wind energy. Uh, we still see it has rising on the whole world. Yeah. So not only in Germany, not only Denmark, Europe, so on the whole world. And for me, it's really important to know and I think for the whole community, what are the next tasks for success and what needs to be done in this case? Yeah. Up to this uh, interview, I was thinking a little, if we look at how the energy system is going to be transformed uh, in, in the next year, decades uh, to come, I think we can characterize this uh, in that way that if we look at how the energy mixture is uh, today, this is very much a fossil fuel based. Uh, the electrical uh, part is not so much uh, the carrier and the market. But when we are looking into, let's say, 2050 or something like that, we have totally transformed uh, the rules in terms of uh, energy. And uh, by that, I mean, we will see much, much more electricity be the uh, energy to be traded. And uh, for me, this is a very big uh, transformation. So uh, we are able to make the world much more uh, sustainable. And when we talk about, let's say, the electricity today is covering 30% of, uh, of the whole energy consumption and it's coming from there, uh, then I think we are looking into 60-70% of all energy will be electrical-based. And uh, seeing from a, a technology perspective, uh, in order to do the interfacing both at the load side and uh, at the production side, the power electronics, which we are working with both, uh, it, it's really the technology which makes things happening and which is able, let's say, both to harvest as much energy as possible, to utilize the energy as efficient as possible, and then, of course, also to do the interfacing so we all the time have uh, the energy available on demand. So if uh, Edison was here, <laughs> he would be amazed about uh, what impact he, uh, of course, together with a lot of other uh, very, very famous uh, scientists uh, in, uh, let's say, late 1800 or something like that, and in the beginning of uh, the 1900. And being a part of, uh, of this uh, transformation and have been a part of that in the last 25 years as being professor here at Aalborg University, just have contributed a very little to the to the big uh, transformation. This is fantastic to see, and I think uh, looking at uh, what we can do today with the power electronics technology, uh, we are able to make this transformation. But there are of course uh, a lot of uh, challenges in front of us. But I think both with innovation and uh, with fundamental uh, better things, uh, we are really able to create that uh, society we are looking into. Mm-hmm. Great. I think so. Um, if we speak about um, generators, it's correct. And now a new hype, let's say, um, we have now in yeah, storage system, hydrogen. Mm. Yeah, I see uh, a lot of um, yeah, big things in the whole world. Uh, still a lot of countries still have... A, Yeah, still looking about how they can produce um, really big-scaled uh, hydrogen, um, only f- uh, yeah, uh, the further component 
for a more secure and reliable energy supply. Um, what are here the main challenges? What you are still thinking about? Um, because I think we need a lot of mass uh, hydrogen. Yeah, only not only in Europe, in the whole world, uh, as a um, additional component for our reliable energy supply. Uh, I also see that, and uh, if I should say a very short answer, but that's not what you are interested in, but I think the, the big challenge is efficiency. Also, uh, in my opinion, with the hydrogen uh, society, uh, compared with, for example, a full electrical uh, society. So the uh, transformation to go from electricity to hydrogen to something else, uh, where we apply it in, uh, in a process, the efficiency, in my opinion, is uh, far too low. Of course, if you are uh, if you are producer of uh, generation capacity, then it's a good idea that the efficiency is maybe only 20 or, or 30 percent because then they need more generation, right? <laughs> And uh, on the other side, uh, the uh, uh, the companies who work with, let's say. Uh, hydrogen-based carriers to, today. Uh, also, there is a, is a marketplace. But there's no doubt we cannot avoid, let's say, power to X uh, for for many applications because there are applications where we have energy-intensive uh, uh, things like airplanes and uh, maybe ships and so on. And I think it's uh, As the analyzers are, it makes sense to look at big plants uh, because the investment is so huge and the chemical process as after the electricity, uh, as an, the scale is uh, important. So in that sense that we see a huge amount of investment in this field, I think this this is wise to do. But but I've, I, I think if we need efficiency up much more uh, than we have today. Uh, and thereby also uh, the cost uh, uh, down. And uh, then naturally we should all the time also think about, okay, the electrical system, uh, can we do something there uh, and still keep the high efficiency we have there? Okay, and that leads me now in other question because efficiency, right? That's a really, I think, a big issue. And I think the power electronics, yeah, We have new um, devices uh, we can use, for example, for the rectifier systems, IGBT, silicon carbide, MOSFETs, mm. maybe in the future. Okay, let's say, okay, that's a future, future, future trend, maybe gallium nitride. Mm. But for me, it's, it's really important if I have uh, rectifiers yes, in, for electrolyzers. So up to now that I know they only can have a cosinus fee, let's say only one. Yeah. So they don't provide reactive power and so on. And we have seen it for wind power for the, or and, wind, um, and PV power. So for the grid integration, yes, they, they must uh, provide system services. And um, for me, the question is now, do we need further System services to have a, a big stable a system, as well as uh, maybe electrolyzers um, can provide system services in the future if you use new topologies, new power electronic semiconductors. Uh, what is your opinion in this case? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Uh, I forgot to say the uh, electrolyzer needs uh, power electronics, but it's almost uh, standard <laughs> that we need power electronics is everything and, uh, and we need uh, technology for, for doing this. But uh, for doing the uh, process of electrolysis seen from a power electronics perspective, uh, I, I think th this we can do. Also, uh, as we have uh, also uh, 
uh, other applications, melters and, and, and so on, where fundamentally also in this large uh, power level where, where, where we see that. But of course, uh, we need uh, to achieve as high efficiency as possible because all losses, uh, we cannot get any hydrogen out of it. So of course, we, we have to look at the policies. In respect to system services in the, in the grid, absolutely, uh, it would be obvious that uh, we are looking at system services if the grid will be fully uh, the interface uh, to the uh, electrolyzer uh, plants, if we can uh, say so. Uh, I think as we will be able to do system services, uh, at least seen from a, a power load perspective, uh, in my opinion, as a, of, uh, the reactive power whatsoever is needed, uh, feed power the opposite way, I don't think this will be the case, but at least uh, the reactive power uh, can maybe be supplied uh, if needed and things will be dependent uh, uh, on the cost. But what I think we will see also uh, when we are discussing uh, those uh, big power uh, plants, if we can say so, is that we will have production close to the, uh, as a production of hydrogen and uh, the processes behind that, we will have that close to uh, places where also the energy is produced. So we could imagine that uh, that hydrogen and uh, the product after are close, for example, to very big uh, wind farms in the ocean. Uh, it could be located in uh, places where we have very big uh, PV plants in locations where the sun is uh, is very intense, uh, South Europe, Africa, Middle East, what, wheresoever, Australia and so on. And uh, then we are not uh, need necessarily to have a large investment in the grid in order to do the uh, uh, transportation of, uh, of power. So we, we will see a different solution. And I but I think the scale is important in order to make this uh, efficient as a really high power scale uh, because the investment behind that is uh, is very expensive. I think so. We will see different solutions uh, and the truth, I think it's in the middle, let's say. Yeah? Yeah. We, we have, I think, some transportation from Australia by shipping mm. or we have some production in Germany, in, in sure. Denmark, in the northern pipelines. I mm. think we will see everything in the future and uh, I'm really... Um, Interesting, yeah. Uh, which concept, let's say, uh, will win the race? It's, it's, I think it will be mixed, let's say. As you mean, uh, hydrogen, electricity, uh, and so I, I totally agree. We, we have to demonstrate our uh, smartness in uh, being able to uh, ma make a mixture of thermal energy, electrical energy, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, the, uh, the more hydrogen-based uh, energy in order to uh, the energy system running, and, and maybe also some, some kind of other storage technologies to... Uh, because we also have water. There are different ways also to store in a large-scale uh, energy. Great. So in our last, let's say, 10, 15 minutes, we have the discussion. You have um, spoken about energy efficiency. You have spoken about um, uh, grid services, PV, wind, uh, grid integration. And let's have a focus more in the industrial application part. I think there... Uh, we have a big possibility to reduce energy consumptions because uh, to introduce more and more power electronics. And uh, do you see here some trends on the, the world market or in the scientific? We can say every 
vat or jewel we are saving at the end. Uh, uh, we we save more on the production side. So uh, uh, dependent on the price of uh, cost of energy, uh, we will of course see incentives to uh, to reduce the energy consumption. But uh, if, if I look at let's say uh, applications uh, in industry. The power electronics has demonstrated its value to save energy by being introduced in automation because all things today are variable speed, right? Yeah, also processes where you need heat and maybe combine it with heat pumps to to get energy. Maybe we will see this more introduced combined with power electronic control of those pumps. And also to control uh, the the electrical power in case that we we, we need to process uh, minerals, metals, and so on, and do this uh, in an efficient way, maybe a higher frequency. And so I think uh, if we can say uh, mega trends, also the uh, ability to take over the newest technology in order to have the uh, uh, highest efficiency in the process, this will continue to go on, and uh, the companies who are providing those. Uh, Uh, let's say components to be able to do that. I think they will all the time be able to provide uh, products which are at the highest end in terms of providing the services uh, needed. Mm -hmm. So you speak about the products, uh, let's say, and the components. And I think for power electronics, the power semiconductor is the really most important component yeah, to, 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 to convert, uh, uh, let's say, from DC to AC or AC to DC or DC to DC. Mm. And uh, in the recent or in the last 10, 15 years, uh, the use of silicon carbide semiconductors in electric vehicles promise higher efficiency yeah, for this, but also costs in comparison of silicon LGBTs. Um, can you give us a little bit more uh, look inside where the journey is going on in this? Yeah, I think seeing in the power electronic history perspective, what has really been driving uh, the power electronics uh, and its application, this has been the devices. So thanks to all the people who have been innovative in uh, making the devices, so circuit people like us, <laughs> uh, we can uh, we can increase the. Uh, performance and efficiency so we rely a lot on those uh, smart uh, researchers and and industry who are able to do this and many years ago people could see uh, that uh, white bank app devices had a great potential but uh, there were also decades where uh, industry were really uh, challenged in order to make it happen but uh, fortunately today we are standing with uh, let's say a very strong ecosystem in new innovations both in terms of uh, silicon carbide technology as well as uh, gallium nitride and uh, we see already uh, application of silicon carbide also in EVs right maybe it's a little bit uh, ex more expensive but uh, the efficiency is uh, a little bit higher and you get more out of uh, for example the storage you have in the system so if uh, looking into the future i'm 100% convinced that uh, the white bank app devices uh, will be playing a dominant role uh, in the years to come uh, the uh, implementation in terms of the different technology circuits we know this will depend on the prices like you are saying but uh, the market is there in my opinion 
opinion. So it's more uh, a matter of time uh, before there are enough manufacturing, because the manufacturing is also often a bottleneck, also making the uh, devices, uh, uh, we need a lot of investment and so on. So I would say as a, uh, the growth in silicon carbide technology and gallium nitride technology, uh, this will be used in the, the next years to come, as in the next decade, no doubt about that. And we will see that in, in more and more applications, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I think I see a, a, maybe an, an idea to this. Um, yeah, I think it, it can help us to reduce material yeah, and save so costs, so let's say overall costs, system costs. Yeah, Not only, yes, I think silicon carbides, the material in the future will be more expensive uh, than silicon-based mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. semiconductors, but maybe let's say the overall material yeah, reduces, for example, in inductors materials, sure. cooling materials. Okay. So I think we have uh, the possibility to, to have a higher power density. Um, yeah. Can you say maybe uh, what are the still drivers in this case? Uh, so uh, it's electric vehicles or it's photovoltaic uh, for, to, to increase the power density and so on? Yeah, uh, it's a good point uh, you are raising there, and uh, I should, of course, have mentioned that. One is the, 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 the components themselves, uh, but it's the system they are becoming integrated in. So it's system solutions, and, uh, and it's totally right that uh, a lot of material can be saved if we can increase the efficiency and uh, reduce the need for cooling, passive components, and so on. And... Uh, What I would also maybe mention there is the uh, as when we talk about a, a sustainable world and so on, in many uh, countries and also in EU, they become uh, also a high uh, attention and awareness to uh, look at the sustainability of the products. From fundamentally, until you manufacture a product, you have to also have a plan uh, in order to be able to lay down the product again and reuse uh, the material. So if we are able to save uh, material because of uh, the white bank gap uh, technology, then there are also less to be taken care of at the end. And that will also be an incentive to uh, really squeeze uh, the size. I, I see absolutely, uh, uh, let's say, the white band gap devices coming into EVs uh, because of uh, yeah, weight and, uh, and volume. I see in, in PV, yes, uh, that, that will uh, do the filtering uh, a little bit less, uh, but also if the efficiency can be higher, then you also get more energy yield uh, out of the operation. But I also see it, for example, in uh, the, the application of uh, big uh, computer centers, uh, because there you need a lot of uh, power supplies uh, to, uh, to power the uh, IT houses and so on. And white bank gap devices will also reduce uh, the losses and we can have, have more installed in, in the same area and get more out of it. So I'm, I'm very optimistic in uh, new technology and thanks to the people who have been able to, to make it happen. I think these people need our requirements that they can uh, yeah, um, yeah, develop the correct products too. Yes, yes. If we compare a little bit... Uh, Now I have been uh, many years in, in this area. Also, I, I remember in the old times, uh, the IDBT, this was unreliable uh, in the beginning. We could easily uh, make it <laughs> uh, not working, if we can say so. Uh, but uh, And people were saying, ah, uh, this is maybe not good. And I think this is the same we see of uh, the white band gap devices that... Uh, Yeah, it was more expensive in the past, but it comes down. And then when we look at uh, the system advantages, uh, this, this would be an 
obvious choice in uh, in in the hardware we are we are developing. So, uh, so it, it's really exciting, and it also needs new skills for people. Also, in order to be able to integrate it into the uh, into the products uh, when we do the design, because we are operating at. Uh, fundamentally 10 times faster uh, uh, switching frequencies. There are new skills we need to to have in order to, to master it 100%. Mm -hmm. I think so. So I think in the future, our jobs are safe because we have to do a lot of things yeah, for the whole transformation. Okay, Frede, thank you for your statements. It was a really pleasure for me to have a discussion with you and I hope we can see us together at the PCIM um, in, the, in May. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and gained some valuable insights. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, now available on Spotify, Google and Co. In case you'd like to hear about specific topic or have a particular guest on your mind, let us know via mail to podcast-pcim at mesago.com. Until then, have a great time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Sound On Power On, powered by PCIM Europe. Do subscribe and share.